Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. If this is the first time you are checking us out, welcome. The This Legal Life podcast is all around the relationships within the legal industry. I get to sit down and talk with super interesting people about um, how they are cultivating client relationships, cultivating uh, relationships with their colleagues, um, everything in between, toxic work environments, uh, workaholism, all the all everything that's uh, that's that's kind of flying around the legal industry. I, I am very excited today to be speaking to Rachel Horning. Rachel, what's up? How are you? What up? I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Ben. I know I'm excited uh, to talk to you as well. And we're going to be diving into ecosystem building. Super, super cool. And uh, I think for everybody in the legal industry, ecosystem building. Wow, what a concept. Very, very big. But we're going to go into to how you learned about it, what does that mean? Um, I'm gonna give a brief uh, introduction to your background and get in, but yeah, before we go into all of that, how you feeling, what's going on, what's new in the world? You're out in LA, uh, chopping it up, uh, being an ecosystem builder. Yeah, what's going on with Rachel yeah, today? I, I have unobstructed views of the Hollywood sign from the office today. I'm drinking my coffee, I'm feeling nice uh, and rested, and I'm just so glad nice. that I get to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. I know, talking about uh, uh, building relationships. So Rachel and I met at the Marketing Partners Forum, I guess like a month ago. Since then, I've uh, I've relocated to another state. But yeah, and uh, Rachel and I have uh, been uh, been catching up and going back and forth on stuff. And, you know, I'm just super excited to have you here too. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, I think you got a lot to say about developing good relationships, ecosystem building. So yeah, so let's set this up. So Rachel Horning is the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Cooley. Um, Cooley, if you don't know, fantastic law firm. I actually was at a Cooley event maybe two weeks ago. They put on great events. And I said, you know, whenever I was in law school, School, I or sorry, whenever I was practicing law like six years ago, I wanted to work for two types of companies. The first was uh, the two types of law firms. The first was Axiom, which was like an alternative legal service provider. You know, whenever I was like in my law firm litigating things, I was like, damn, they look so cool and like all the cool branding. And the other was Cooley because Cooley was really focused on the tech sector and the tech startups, great positioning. And, um, you know, at the time I was just like, man, it must be so great to just represent startups and tech what I didn't know is that there was somebody like Rachel who spends all her time developing ecosystems with tech startups. So there was somebody who actually had my dream job and now I get to speak with her and her name's Rachel. So, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. But yeah, Rachel, tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be a senior vice president of business development at Cooley? Maybe you can yeah. go a little bit into what I already talked about, which is the segments and where you're building ecosystems. I know you do a lot of other stuff besides that, but we're going to talk about that today but yeah tell us a little bit about about your firm today yeah uh, and, well and the role. it's funny that you mentioned not knowing that this type of role even existed because up until about 15 months ago neither did I so um I think we'll probably get yeah, into that backstory nice. um but we're definitely cool. united in our um I guess surprise and fascination with a role like this and I'm even more surprised that as it turns out, this is like my dream job and I've never felt more aligned or um, 
I guess, like seen and, and held in a role like I do here. So um, as far as what it really means, at least in my day to day, to be an ecosystem builder, I would call that maybe 30% of my job. Um, yeah. It's not always quantifiable. So from like uh, wanting to measure ROI perspective, it can be really challenging. And sure. I think if you talk to basically any BD person um, at a law firm, they're probably going to tell you the same thing. And whether it's Cooley or another law firm, I have a feeling that there's a sort of like constant existential questioning of mm. how do you measure the impact of a role like this when in some cases mm -hmm. it can take five to 10 years to really see uh, a relationship materialize in a really substantial, impactful way. And then in other cases, of course, uh, you see the results returning overnight. Um, yeah, totally. So let's get into the actual nitty gritty of what I do to ecosystem build. There's a few things. Um, I guess we can start by talking about my matchmaking function at Cooley. So um, Cooley is doing more fund formation work than any other law firm in the world. About one in three VCs use Cooley to uh, do their fund formation work, which means that we have a really impressive Rolodex of uh, investors that we can just connect our founders to. And essentially what we're doing when we play matchmaker between our founders and our funders is we're sort of supporting both sides of our practice, um, which you know, when we're able to support the founders and connect them to the funders, uh, we're obviously helping our client succeed and raise even more capital so that they can hire more employees and then mm -hmm. they need even more assistance from Cooley. So it's kind of a win-win situation. And then same thing goes for the funds when we're actually able to mm -hmm. provide, um, you know, pipeline action for them and connect them to really interesting startups. We're obviously helping them with their bottom line too. Um, and I think yeah. it's so brilliant that this role exists at Cooley in, in this sort of like, um, manifestation that that it does because mm -hmm. we are like the human node that connects very yes. strategically um, clients that exist on both sides of the aisle. Um, so yeah. what that actually looks like, I guess, in practice is me working hands-on with our founder clients. And in general, when they're getting assistance from me or any of my business development counterparts, um, they're getting that assistance because either they've never fundraised before or maybe they have, but they really want to leverage Cooley's investor network. Um, and yes. so it really does vary, but depending on kind of how early they are, if they have a lot of experience with investor decks or like their verbal pitch, maybe they do, maybe they don't, um, especially in the instances where they might not have a ton of experience, they can work with myself yep. or they can work with my counterparts in other jurisdictions to really master their verbal pitch, uh, make sure that their investor deck looks really strong. Um, and then we also wanna make sure that whatever their email blurb says, gets straight to the point because you have 60, maybe 90 seconds to get your point across in an email to a very busy investor. Um, and so we work with our clients to make sure that they really are giving themselves, um, I guess the best like fighting chance uh, to get yeah. some sort of response from the investors. Um, so that's 
part of the ecosystem building work that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then right. maybe let's call the other part of that, where I, whereas what I just described, I think is sort of like in the client services bucket. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's constant introductions. And so I would, I would definitely classify that as ecosystem building. Um, yeah. And then on the other side of that is maybe a little bit more of like an external focus where I'm playing the mm -hmm. role of either a Cooley ambassador by going to different events and sort of carrying the Cooley flag, you know, everywhere I go, making sure that yes. our brand is at the forefront of the LA tech community. And I'm saying LA because I'm the LA uh, SVP yes. of business development. Um, yep. And I would say that the other piece to that is Cooley really getting involved as either thought partners or actual co-hosts of different events. So I think mm -hmm. in general, we gravitate toward um, the more intimate events where it's maybe a founder funder dinner that a VC is putting on and they'll come to Cooley and ask us to be co-sponsors with them. And in general, we're yep. ha happy to do that. Um, in addition, yep. maybe it's a conference and um, they're keen to have Cooley get involved. Um, and so mm -hmm. obviously we have to be pretty particular about when we say yes, when we say no, we need to make sure that there's a strong ROI uh, with any of the events that we're doing because we put so much work and effort into making sure that all of those opportunities are really like time well spent, um, obviously for our attorneys, but also we wanna make sure that we're at it, like adding value um, yes. to our partners in the ecosystem, whether yes. it's a community builder, whether it's a VC, whether it's a founder that wants to put on an event um, and have Cooley be the partner. We've done that too. Um, and in all instances, I just want to make sure that um, Cooley is not just, you know, writing a check, but that we're actually improving the outcomes of that event, either by virtue of who we're able to bring to the table, um, or perhaps it's whatever, like, information that we're able to share. Uh, so it really does vary, but um, I can sort of stop there, pause and yes. see if you have any follow-up. <laughs> oh my God. So as you're thinking, I honestly just keep on thinking, wow, she literally had my has my job. That's what I wanted to do this entire time. And instead I was stuck literally representing and doing, and doing legal work uh, litigation, but it's okay. I mean, it was fine. I had to come out of the cave and see the rest of it. But anyway, so, so, so incredibly, uh, so incredibly interesting what you get to do. I just want to say that like straight up jealous, um, low key jealous. Um, okay. So, you know, there's a model that's actually developing in, in my mind. So the first is you kind of just went in and said, you know, there's a strategy for Cooley around ecosystem building. And there's kind of two main tactics that, that we're sort of using. The first is value adding into events and plugging into community. For example, uh, I know that Rachel and her colleagues are gonna be at South by Southwest. So that's a great example of one of these value add, um, uh, value, value add events. So that's like kind of one of the tactics. The second is this matchmaking um, and that's fantastic. And I wanna go into the tactics that sort of support the strategy, which is ecosystem. Yep. So I have strategy, I have ecosystem, but then I want to ask a question above this, which is let's get philosophical for a second. Why is it important for Cooley or just let's say any law firm in 2023 to even be thinking about ecosystem building? Why does it matter? You know, why is this important? 
important and arguably why is why is there because i know that you have colleagues across 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 the united states and maybe even across the world so you know i i, I had the, i had the great uh benefit of uh, uh meeting your colleagues in chicago which is sort of fantastic and it's a sort of similar thing so maybe we can just get philosophical for a second and say you know why is this important why is cooley sort of doing this and you know for the rest of the business builders out there there, the rest of the revenue operators uh, that are sitting in law firms, what's going on in 2023 that ecosystem building is important? Is it just that everything's so connected? Is it that competition is at an all-time high? Is it that law firms need to show up in a new way because at the end of the day, and arguably, obviously, I'm biased toward this, which is service is just one of the things. That's 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 table stakes now to basically yeah. get you in sort of the door with, especially with these ecosystems. So yeah, anyway, wax poetically about why you think ecosystem now is bubbling to the top um, as a strategy that is getting play uh, within law firms today. Yeah, I think this, what I'm going to say could probably be applied not only to law firm service provider totally. types, but probably more broadly across the board. Of course. Um, I think the more you're able to adopt the ethos of rising tides lift all boats, um, uh, probably the better off you're going to be at totally like smashing your sales goals. Sure. And when I first joined the the job, the, the team at Cooley, my job, um, our partner in charge here in the LA office basically told me, Rachel, I don't want you going out there and being a pushy salesperson. He said, I want you to go out there and make friends. And yeah. that really stuck with me. Um, one, because I just got even more excited about the job. I was like, right. oh, great. Well, I'm not right. a pushy salesperson to begin with. I really genuinely believe that when we can just build like true human connection and deepen that human connection, yeah. we are winning. And that's how you... Mm cultivate these long-term relationships. You are authentically yourself. You are presenting an authentically sort of helpful opportunity to the clients and the prospective clients that you're talking to, that you're working with. Um, and you're generally adding value everywhere you go, whether that startup that you've maybe just provided an introduction to, uh, whether they like sign on the dotted line or not, you never yeah. know if yeah. they just raised a, a pre-seed and maybe they didn't use Cooley, but they just really appreciated the help that I gave them regardless yeah. of their client status. And of course I need to be sort of like choosy about who I do that for, sure. but that in general comes back by the droves. And yes, even right. if they don't become a client, they are a founder sure. and they have founder friends. And exactly. I think that that is in part, at least how the LA Cooley office has really operated uh, since their inception mm. a little over 10 years ago is really just this belief that yeah. if we can add value everywhere we go, we end up building a network effect unlike anything else mm. that I think any sort of legal service provider in LA has been able to do mm -hmm. in the local tech community here in Los Angeles. And that's why Cooley really has kind of the the bulk of the startup work in mm, LA. Mm, and sure, we do have yeah. more competition creeping up. And I think that's okay yeah, that's because right. we have a proven model. We're going to continue mm -hmm. executing on that proven model of just, you know, sprinkling sprinkling our wisdom everywhere we go and making sprinkle sure that, wisdom. <laughs> sprinkle that wisdom and just make sure that people think of Cooley before they think of anyone else. 
Um, and then it's on us, you know, the onus really is on us to then make sure that we are um, maintaining a, a pretty high level of uh, discernment and scrutiny as we think about who we want to take on as clients. Because right. for us, right. um, our sort of sales funnel relies on taking on clients that are going to be high growth venture backed companies that will grow yeah. quickly and continue to use yeah. Cooley services uh, throughout the life cycle mm-hmm. of their company. And if that means that we're with them from like this seed or even pre-seed all the way through an IPO, that is like the classic model. Um, I think yeah. of what success really looks like for Cooley. We cool. want to be with you. Cool pretty early on. And then we want to stay with you throughout your yeah. entire journey. Um, right. But really maintaining uh, that sales funnel uh, with the startup community is, I think, the secret sauce. And maybe I shouldn't be giving yeah. that away, but I'm guessing there's a lot of competitors that are definitely angling and, and trying to do the same thing. I don't think I'm saying um, anything that isn't fairly obvious, um, but doing right. that well and coming across as um, a true champion for the startup community. That's something that I take very seriously because prior to Cooley, I was running my own uh, startup tech event company in LA. Yep. Um, right. So that's just like right. in my DNA. Um, and I do think that that's how you create like a, a winning strategy for the long haul. Yeah. Um, I wish we could go into your private bye previous experience because it's so interesting and I would love to go into like Ripple and all the rest of it but but for the sake of time we can't right now so let's um okay so thanks for going philosophical with me for for one second but definitely check out Rachel connect with her on LinkedIn look at all the cool stuff that she's been doing and you can if if it sounds like uh ecosystem building is bleeding out of her it's because it, it's it's because it is and she's been living it for for, for a minute now so um fantastic yeah. and you've been in LA for like a minute now as well right like, yeah I can't even remember were you are you born and raised there I can't remember I so, yeah I'm I, a local yeah. I uh born and raised in LA yeah. went to UC Berkeley and then came back to LA after yes um, after college yes, so yeah exactly. I've been here where she's for a minute <laughs> Where she studied sociology, so there we go. It's all been it's all been building on, right? The deep sociology of business. Um, okay, so so thanks for going philosophical with me, and I completely agree um, with uh, with that. I'd love to hear you know put in the comments or wherever you're going to listen to this. Why is ecosystem so uh, so important for uh, for law firms today? And I, you know, I think you, I think that you assessed it really well. Okay, so for the sake of time, okay, so now let's go down from Philip philosophy down to strategy, you really sort of broke out these two two core strategies. So the first I saw is events, value adding events. And I would almost say like being a platform because, you know, I went to one of those Cooley events and what I found was a bunch of founders, not only getting great advice from the Cooley attorneys, I also saw a bunch of founders talking to other founders. And that in and of itself, as somebody who's started a company and been there since the beginning and all of the da 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 and rate and you know I mean just getting unsolicited advice from other people based on where you are at um is just so 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 valuable. Um I don't remember the founder that, that I talked to but he was doing something cool with concrete. 
I don't remember what your name is, but like, shout out to you. This was incredible. He was like revolutionizing the production of con concrete. And that was just amazing for me because I just learned more about concrete than I ever needed to, but it's amazing. And hopefully you keep on going. So anyway, so, okay. So you have like these platform events where you're connecting. And then the second is really this idea of matchmaking. So that's kind of on the strategy level. Why don't yeah. we go down to the tactics? And then I want to talk about how you talk about ROI, because that's where we started. That's a challenge. I think we all know that that's a challenge in the world of business building and all the rest of it. You know, it's like, um, it's like everything needs an ROI, but not everything that can be, have an ROI actually can, can be measured. So this is like the constant thing of anybody who is in business building, marketing, business development, all the, all of us out there, you know, we know what it's like, right? Some things are just so, important yet cannot put a dollar value on it. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about how you think about presenting ROI, but let's go to the tactics first. You wanna say anything more about, how do you think about events? How do you think about matchmaking? Anything that you'd like to share there, You know, some heuristics, some models that you think, like what's it about? I mean, you know, you know what do you think? And this is me sort of wearing both my Cooley hat, but also my founder hat when I was running my own tech event sure. company. I've had so many people ask me like, how do you create a successful event? And I think with sure. Cooley and in my past life, consistency is the most important element. Mm. And I think you and I talked Snaps. about that earlier, Ben. Yeah, totally. Once people are able to predetermine the venue, the date, whether it's like the third Friday of every month, we're going to be at this bar yeah. from 5 to 7 p.m., you know, people are able to build totally. a habit around attending and being a part of your community event and then it becomes part of their like general repertoire and I really do try to model that and now you know I've been at Cooley only like 15 months so I I think year one was really just a lot of experimentation throwing pasta at the wall to see what would stick yeah, now that I can have kind of that rear view perspective um, I think consistency, at least my hope is um, that we can build some sort of consistent events, whether it's like a quarterly um, event just for the investor community, um, whether it's making sure that we're doing like two to three um, female and or diverse founder events every quarter, that sort of thing. There's, mm. there's certain um, KPIs that I am working to achieve in the LA market that I believe will keep us both relevant and in people's faces um, and just mm -hmm. in a sort of position of, like I've said so many times already, just in a position of adding value. Because when we attend yeah. these events, even if we haven't presented anything, when people find out that, oh, you're from Cooley, you know, in the follow-up, whether you're emailing them, you're on LinkedIn, whatever it might be, um, yeah. in general, there's someone I can point them to, even if it's not me, I know, the folks like my counterparts at all of the big four. I know my yeah. counterparts in like every single um, corner of the LA tech ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just need to always sort of wear this hat of like, okay, if I'm a connector, how can I add yeah. value and really make sure that this founder is at least getting some guidance from me because that can come back in the form of a huge client opportunity for us and if it doesn't, yeah. that's okay because we're doing it all the time. We're not playing tit for tat. Um, yes. So I don't know what you want to call that, like strategic idea. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I do think maybe we'll call it like the rising tides, like ethos. Yeah, that's right. Um, there we and go. I, I do think that the Cooley partners are super unique in yeah. their kind of ability to live and breathe that ethos. And it's, mm. it's just so mundane at Cooley to think that way. And I think that actually goes against the sort right. of norm of how people show up, especially attorneys at other law firms. I do think that that is a huge differentiator at Cooley. Um, and same thing goes for the business development team where we are living and breathing that kind of like rising tides um, yes. idea and value every single day. So maybe like that'll yeah. be the third um, sort of leg to my tripod here. Yes, um, right, right. Yeah, so we've got... <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll I'll hand it back to you. I was gonna do a little recap. Okay. So <laughs> no, yeah, do well. Okay, do the recap right after this because I want to go to I want to go to the other side with it, which is the matchmaking. Yeah, but you know, I love what you said about connecting actually, and then do the recap and bring it all back together before we go into ROI. I think connecting. Whenever I truthfully think about value and what does it mean to add value, deep, deep, deep. If I believe that the world is a network, then I just need to be a network node between and try to connect as many people that's truly where value add so either i can connect the dots with for you based on a, a problem that i have experience or perspective on right and like you're missing that's connecting or i connect connect you with the person who can connect the dots with you but that's like that's basically how i've showed up and tried to be a connector and that's the way that i quote unquote try to always add value yeah. in some way try to connect so, you know, because I, I know so many people say add value and then inevitably the question is, what does that actually mean? And it's like, well, it can mean many things, clearly. But, you know, I just try to do the connecting thing. And I think really at the end of the day, uh, that's what people need. People need yeah. dots connected for themselves or connected to somebody who can connect the dots for them. And that's that's really where it's at. OK, pushing that aside for a second, let's just go very quickly to um, let's go very quickly to, to uh, matchmaking in a way, connecting the dots again between two people. Yeah, what do you think tactically matchmaking means? What works, what doesn't? Where are people sort of like vibing off of? Yeah, what is it, What does a good matchmaking look like today? So we have a few different tools at our fingertips at Cooley for the BD team, but also for any attorneys that want any sort of matchmaking support. Um, you'd think I was talking about like dating. I promise I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, I know. So, you know, when we're working with a founder, let's say that they're working in the gaming space and they're raising a $2 million seed round and um, they're keen to have, you know, checks coming in at around 500000 and uh -huh. they are hoping to get this done within the next like three to six months. I'm able to actually take all of that criteria and either just use my own brain to say, great, mm -hmm. who do we know in the LA area or beyond that is yep. really excited together, send that over to the founders, say, hey, go do some due diligence, check out these funds, let us know if there's anyone that you absolutely do not want us to be um, yep. sending information to. Otherwise, we're going to go gangbusters and we're going to send out... Mm -hmm five, 10, some cases, 15 different emails to those investors on behalf of the founder. And mm -hmm. we basically do like a double opt-in. So if the founder 
says yes to the fund and then the investor says yes to the founder, at that point, I connect them through an email and let them know that, you know, hey, both of you guys are interested in speaking, take it from here. And then at that point, I dip out and <laughs> it's on them at that point to explore uh, whether or not there's a, a mutually beneficial relationship that they can sort of forge together, yeah. um, mm -hmm. hopefully in the form of a check being written. Um, so that's kind of like how the matchmaking process works. Um, if in fact, what they're looking to do is maybe a little bit um, more niche, then I can bring yep. in our competitive intelligence team to support my search as well. So it's not always on my shoulders yeah. to be yeah, creating those right. investor lists. Like, thank goodness we yep. have data as well, um, helping mm -hmm. to sort of guide that process. But I think it's just, it's worth noting that, you know, for any founder that might be listening to this podcast, work with your attorneys. Hopefully, if you're in the tech space um, and you are, you know, seeking that next check, there's people in your life that can act as validators. You know, back to yeah. your point, Ben, if, if the world is one big ecosystem and we are all nodes, Mm -hmm. Like work to your strengths. If you happen to know someone who knows an investor, you need to be asking, yeah. you know, your second degree connection to get they your ask. info in front of their friend, Joe Schmo from that investment fund, um, because that's what the successful founders are doing. And for anyone in the legal oh, no. market that might be listening to this podcast, if yep. your firm, you know, is working with high growth startups definitely make sure that you are supplying them to your, uh, you know, to whatever extent you can with introductions. That's how we're going to be able to yes. forward super innovative ideas. And, and when I say that I feel more mission aligned with this job than I have with any other job that I've ever had, it's because of the matchmaking. It's because I personally yes. get to help really like in the process of like proliferating these world changing ideas that our founders are exploring and actually building. Um, yeah. They can't do that in many cases without funding. So if yeah. I can help them connect with the people that will make their dreams come true, then I personally get to feel like I'm making the world a better place. And that is the best feeling in the world. Totally. My God, meaning, meaning and work. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do another uh, separate podcast about meaning and work and aligning aligning meaning toward work. Such a big question, so important right now. Okay, you got five minutes left. I know that you got a very important meeting that I got to get you out to. So let's talk ROI maybe for the last two minutes, and then we'll sort of get it out of here nice and smooth. So ROI, such a big question, such a big presentation, such a good way to um, to capitalize, monetize, show value internally. Also a yeah. good way to give yourself meaning in a, in a way, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I think meaning can mean many different things as, 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 as it sort of levels on, but at the base level, um, I know that I derive a lot of meaning from knowing how much deals I bring in on a, on an average basis. It makes me feel great. That's not the only thing that gives me meaning in my job, but it's one of those things. How do you think about ROI? long-term, short-term, you know, uh, rising boats, that takes a long time for the tide to uh, rise everybody. Yeah, give us some thoughts on, on ROI in that unique position, maybe around ecosystem and how you present it. You know, it's the perfect marriage that is never going to be perfect between 
yes, quantifiable totally. and qualifiable yes. data. Yeah. And I think in a BD role, you just have to get comfortable um, with the with the knowing that it's never gonna quite fit. So some days you're yeah. gonna be like, wow, I'm like smashing my goals. And that's a great quantifiable yeah. kind of day of like smashing your, um, I guess your sales for better, lack of a better term, sure. sales sure. goals. Some days you're actually gonna close a new client that you helped um, originate. And you know, you handed that along to the attorneys and now that is new business. So we obviously yeah, are going okay. to be at least partially measured by um, the number of new clients that we bring through the door. Mm -hmm. But is that mm -hmm. holistically the majority of what we're gonna be um, graded off of? No, yep. we are also yeah. going to be um, look looking at whether or not we're building new relationships with accelerators and incubators. Mm -hmm. Are we helping mm -hmm. to build out strategic partnerships with different large scale events that really help to further the Cooley brand and the ecosystem. Um, and I think the other challenge, at least for our CMO, is figuring yeah. out how do we measure each different geography when, you know, each Cooley office is playing yes, in right. such different ecosystems totally. like LA totally. is in a very different place than Palo Alto, which is in a very different place than Boston. And, yes. you know, I have counterparts in all of these places and more. Um, yeah. And the personalities of the partners are going to be a little different everywhere totally. you look. Totally. But so too is the maturity of that market. Of the markets. Yeah. Right. Totally. So um, I think just making sure that you have a nice blend of goals. Um, mm -hmm. And it, again, like I said, it's really the perfect marriage between um, the quantity and the quality. Uh, yes. Uh, of the sort of partnerships that you're building, the new business that you're bringing in. Um, I think if you can just sort of have like um, a holistic approach to doing this type of work, you will feel yeah. settled and you will not feel like, you know, you're having trouble sleeping at night. Um, right. Totally, totally. Yeah. Oh my God, so good. Okay, we only have a couple more minutes. We want to let Rachel get out of here with some, with some last things. I'm going to add one last thing, because I love your idea of holistic, quanti quantity, qualifying versus uh, quantifying. I would add one last, which has always helped me sleep at night as well, which is having leading, leading indicator metrics and lagging indicator metrics. So that's like lagging is clearly revenue and deals that came in. But, you know, what am I actually doing that's leading to those sorts of things? How many, how many meetings did I take? How many um, introductions did I provide? These sorts of things can not only help you sleep better at night, but also if uh, you have bosses or managers or stakeholders or investors or whoever, you know, that entire context can also help everybody see the picture a little bit more, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're killing it with the number of meetings you're taking with the right target market, you know, of course the lagging metrics are going to come down. It just might not be today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, but you can point back at those meetings and say, how is it not going to happen, you know? Or... If it's not happening, then you can say, okay, it's not, not that I'm not meeting the right number of people. It's something in between the meeting and, you know, turning those people into an opportunity. So that would be my ad there. Leading metrics versus lagging metrics. I love that. Super yeah, totally. Okay. Let's wrap up. You are, you are the sprinkler of all wisdoms whenever it comes to in, uh, ecosystem building. Give me, give me like some top three things that, uh, 
that our takeaway. And then I have I have two rapid fire questions for you that will that will that will resume. Can you do can you do two more minutes? One more minute? Is let's okay? do yeah, let's do another minute. You got me. Here we okay, are. Go. Okay. All right, here we go. So give us give us three takeaways that you think are important for ecosystem building. Yeah, so I mean, think of this as kind of like a recap, but the matchmaking piece is huge. I think quality connecting is huge and that's different yeah. than the matchmaking. Matchmaking is very much specific to the founder and the funder relationship. Yeah. The connecting means everywhere you go, you are offering to introduce people to other people so that they can go yeah. have some you know, amazing synergies and explore, you know, the ways that totally. they can mutually benefit one another. Um, and the community building piece, I think is also huge, just coming up with really, really smart strategies around who to partner with, figuring out what is the ROI that you're seeking from that partnership, that's huge. Um, and then uh, last but not least is the Oh, and now I'm having a brain fart because I'm looking mm -hmm. at the time. Um, I know. You're going to have to edit this out, Ben. It's <laughs> okay. That was right in because was it a rising tide maybe? Yes, thank you. The rising tides lift all boats. Yeah, and I think really so believing really. in that as like your North Star. Um, totally and if right. you are uh, abundant kind of in, in your approach to getting good work done, the same level of support that you're providing others comes right back to you. Totally. Okay, I'm gonna ask you one rapid fire question then we're gonna get out of here. We're already gonna say goodbye, Rachel Horning. It was absolutely pleasure to speak with you. I always like sitting down with you. You're a sprinkler of knowledge, it's great. And you're just a really cool person on top of all of that. Here's, here's your one rapid fire question. If uh, you were in LA and you wanted to go to one startup event in LA, which would it be or what, what would you plug into? What's, what, where do, where's all the cool stuff happening? Um, I'm going to plug two different people. One is if you're really into AI, my friend Todd Terrazas runs the AI nice. LA um, group, and he's doing a ton of great work around building community for the AI obsessed community. He's been doing it for years before it was cool. Um, and then he's my former co-founder, Zach Sekar. Um, is not only the founder of NFTLA, which this year they've rebranded, it's called Outer Edge. They've got a big conference on March 20th through the 23rd, along with a pitch competition. Um, but in addition to this huge conference that he's building, um, there's the LA Tech Happy Hour Meetup, which is basically the largest, longest running startup event um, in you know LA's like recent sort of 12 year history. So check out, LA Tech Happy Hour, check out AILA, and I think you'll be in good hands. And I think both of them can be found on Eventbrite. Nice. All right, y'all. There it is. Sprinkled with wisdom. I feel all, all ready for my next LA trip. Rachel, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody for listening. We will be back with with another This Legal Life podcast very soon. Check out all the other great stuff. So many cool episodes. Mark Horning, uh, Mark Ho, uh, Mandy. Oh my God, great, great stuff. So check it out. But uh, yeah, Rachel, thank you so much. And we'll see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.